Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and joining us today is Jesse Wolfersberger. He is the Chief Data Officer at Merit Motivation Solutions. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Of course, of course. We're very excited to hear what's going on over at Merit. So give our audience a brief overview of, of what you do over there and, and what it is. Sure. Merit is a pretty interesting company, so it's actually over 100 years old. Um, I'll give you the background. The, uh, it was actually a Swiss immigrant family who came over, and they were watch and jewelry makers. They're actually credited for you know, having some of the first rich wrist watches to be sold in the United States. So the Great Depression hit, and they like have this warehouse of jewelry and watches. Like, well, what do we do with these now? No one's buying this stuff in the Great Depression. So they ended up inventing the incentive industry. So they started saying, well, what if we gave away gold watches when people hit their 50th anniversary or whatever? Or what if we gave away this jewelry to whoever sold the most hats in, the, in this region or cars or whatever? So that's the history of the, of the business, which I find pretty interesting. And so fast forward about 100 years, and we're still doing similar stuff today, except now um, it's all data and AI and rewards programs. Um, and, and incentive programs and employee engagement solutions. So um, it's pretty interesting. We, we are, our tagline is that we, we help to um, attract, engage, and retain customers and employees. So um, some of our, you know, our clients, are, you're probably members of loyalty programs that we run, such as you know, Southwest or HSBC or U.S. Bank or Bank of America or all kinds of um, you know, big credit card and loyalty programs, Marriott, uh, Hilton, IHG, there's, there's, we're all over the place. Wow, that is, that is a really cool story, how they, you know, they had to reverse engineer how to sell these luxury goods uh, by creating this, this culture of, of merits, which is, which is, I think we kind of take it for granted almost, you know, when, when I'm looking at an airline or a banking institution, I'm thinking, okay, well, what kind of things am I going to get as being for being a loyal customer, they invented that. Yeah, it was, That's fantastic. It, it was it was the first uh, business pivot. Um, you know, tech companies make pivots all the time. That was one back in the Great Depression era, and I would say it was a pretty successful one. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so this so merits will be employed by bigger companies, and then merits comes in and, and creates these incentive programs for the company. Correct. So um, so. The easiest way to think about it is in the consumer context because we're all consumers. So if you are a loyal member of, you know, with your bank or your hotel, we help design programs to keep you a, a loyal employee or, excuse me, a loyal customer so you, you know, make that connection strong with that brand. Um, some of the stuff that maybe is not above ground because, it, you know, it's, it's more, um, it's not consumer facing but our incentive program. So if you think about if you're a salesperson for, you know, Honda or uh, GM or Ford or whatever, um, we run programs in that realm too. 
where we say, hey, whoever sells the most cars, you know, in this district will get a trip to Hawaii or, or whatever the case may be. So um, we that's that's another way that we um, incent people and, and help, you know, kind of make them strengthen that connection with their job in that case. Um, and, and everyone loves a trip to Hawaii or even better, we send people to, to Brussels and Iceland and Africa and all over the place. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a part of the business that's not as consumer-facing, but it's, it's pretty interesting. No, that's that's fantastic and good for everyone who is a consumer, which, as you said, is basically every human out there. Um, yeah. Are, what have you found by, by working with here, you know, what really motivates people? Is it is it that gold watch? You know, is it something that's tangible? Is it a trip? Is it, you know, more just getting money bonuses? You know, what have you found that really does the trick when it comes to incentives? So it's, it's, it's a really interesting question. It's, it's a field that why, why I like this industry is um, people are both rational and irrational. So I don't know if you um, have heard or read any of the sort of behavioral economics trend right now, but things like nudge and thinking fast and slow, um, these, these, these are the types of things that academics are thinking about where um, what people say they want and what they actually want are sometimes different. Um, so, for example, if you did a poll and you said, what, what would you want out of your hotel loyalty program? Almost everybody would say cash. Um, that's the way we kind of think about things. But what we find in the data is that if you can actually enhance that experience of that person and give them, you know, when they check in, they know your name, the room set up the way you want it. Um, and then if you get a reward that's not cash, you get a reward, a reward like a free room night or like merchandise, like you get, um, I don't know if you know, you've ever had this experience, but you buy a, a TV or a blender or, or anything, golf clubs with your points, you'll always remember that, you know, that brand helped you get that. Whereas if you get something like cash, it just, maybe you use it to pay a bill um, and you don't, that doesn't, that doesn't have that connection to the brand. So that's why I find this is kind of fascinating is because, um, you know, it's it's both it's using uh, all parts of our brain. Where people, if, if people were robots and they were just, you know, uh, making economic decisions with perfect accuracy all the time, like Merit probably wouldn't be in business. But we help people because they're people, and people um, don't just want cash. They don't want to just pay a bill. They want an experience with a brand, and that really helps it make a lot stickier uh, of an experience. It is funny while you were saying that while you were telling that story, I was thinking of, of different things that I've purchased and the, the extras that they did that I didn't necessarily even know was gonna happen. But, you know, for instance, you buy something and they give you like a free sample on the side or a free gift and they don't tell you yeah. about it, like if it arrives in the mail, right? So my package arrives in the mail from Etsy yeah. and there's a handwritten thank you note or they have like a free sample of, you know, something. I remember every company who did that. But the companies that gave me like 30% off, I couldn't tell you who those people were. No doubt. So I'll give you a personal example from, from myself is um, I went on a vacation last year to Switzerland, um, which was great. One of my wives, it was a lot of fun. But I used my hotel reward point to book this room. Um, and I splurged on a hotel that I never would have bought with cash because it would have been so expensive. But the reward points felt like, well, I've kind of earned this. And these are just sitting there like I, I could, it's okay to splurge on this. And so we had this amazing experience at this hotel that was way out of our price range normally. And that's something I'll always remember. So we were actually laughing about it internally because it's like, you know, 
I'm the I'm the perfect use case. Like, I'm the perfect use case for something that we talk about with our clients all the time. But it it actually worked. Like you know, I I had this experience and I'll never forget it. And if I would have paid cash or again maybe redeemed my points for cash and then paid off a cell phone bill or something, I would have never remember where that went. Yeah, and and I wonder why. I mean, that you might you might have some insight into this. You know, why people say one thing and do another? Because it makes sense if people are like, "What do you want for your birthday?" I'm usually like money so that I don't have to think about it. But in reality, you know, I want something that's that's going to be more personal or that I can associate with a person. You know, is there any any insight into the psychiatry psychiatry of that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple there's a couple things going on. One of which is is called the paradox of choice. So it's it's all brain chemistry. So the the way our brains are wired, I mean you have to remember that um we're sort of built for like the wild. And so we um we are not good at deciding when there's infinite choices or too many choices to kind of wrap your head around. There's a famous study where um, they were going to sell jelly in a, in a supermarket. And I forgot the exact numbers, but there was one station that had like 12 jellies and another station that had like three jellies. And the one with three jellies actually sold more because people looked at the 12 jellies and they go, I could never decide between 12, but between three, I could decide. So it's a little bit of that where, um, if you ask me what I want for my birthday, well, that could be just like an open ticket. Like, I don't know, just give me cash. Whereas if you kind of give somebody um, a more narrow choices or even better yet, um, something that they're not even thinking about yet, and you just present it and, and hey, here's something that you don't, you're not even asking me you want, um, but it's like perfect for you. That's a real win. And again, that, that enhances that experience. You go, wow, this brand really knows me. They gave me an experience that I, that I would not have gotten otherwise. Yeah, that's so true because it makes you feel individualized. For sure, for sure. And and uh, that again, that's why I kind of like this this industry because um, from from a data scientist perspective, it's it's human behavior and it's and it's interesting and it's people are irrational and um, it's not like physics where uh, gravity is always the same everywhere. It's you know people behave a little bit differently and that's that's what makes the data interesting from my perspective. Do you think that working at this job has given you uh, a, a better a better gift giving experience as someone who gives gifts or <laughs> knows people? <laughs> I've never thought about that, but you know it probably has because we we do a lot of times thinking about uh, about what people like and what gifts are memorable. Um, so so that you, it probably subconsciously I have become a better gift giver where I'm, I'm giving <laughs> things that that will help people out. If you can give someone that will help them out and it's not, it's not just a pair of socks, but it's, um, Hey, I'll, I'll go wash your car or I'll go get, I know your car needs an oil change. I'll go take it for you and, and bring it back. But that's a really great experience. That's different than just here's a gift card. Yeah. Here's a gift card for that oil change. No, that's, that's so true. Uh, it's so interesting too. And, and as this is something I just thought of as uh, technology has evolved and people are, shopping differently, people are engaging with one another differently. What kind of changes have you seen in your rewards programs and in what people want? Is there a change? Sure. So I think going back to the paradox of choice for a second, there's more options now. Um, There's more Mm -hmm. options in what you watch on television. There's more options in what hotel you stay at, what brand of uh, coffee you you drink. There's more options everywhere. So um, as sort of a reptile brain that we have um, that we're trying to process all this stuff, 
knowing a favorite brand or knowing a brand that connects with you that you trust is is actually a valuable service. So, uh, you know, if you get off a plane in a strange city um, and you've never been to Philadelphia before and you're tired and it's been a long day and you don't have, let's say you didn't have your hotel booked, or I've had the experience where I've been delayed in a city and I have to go stay at a hotel somewhere. Well, a robot could look at every option in a three-mile radius, do the analysis on the user reviews and find the best price and the best deal. Um, what us humans have to do is just go, you know what, I love Marriott. I've got a bunch of reward points in Marriott. I know that that's a brand. I'm going to go there and it's going to be a clean room, a good, you know, a good experience, and I don't need to think about this choice. That's a real benefit. So that's what we try to provide on a consumer level um, as much as we can, where um, we're actually helping people narrow down their choice set and, and spend their time and their mental energy on doing the things they love um, instead of thinking about if they should you know, be a customer of this bank or that bank or this hotel or that hotel or this airline. It's like you just kind of have your favorites and happier, we're happier, the brand's happier. Um, it's a win-win. Absolutely. And the, the paradox of choice is, is such a real thing because people – you know, ultimately, we don't want to waste time. You know, time is our most valuable resource. So when we come to an aisle that has 12 jelly selections, I mean, we can yeah. narrow it down and say, you know, every week I'm going to get a different jelly. And then you've made that choice, but that's still you trying to be time efficient. You know, that's, yeah. uh, I feel like it all boils down to the time. And when people are, are nice to you, like say when you check into a hotel and they make check-in easy and they make your room clean, all those things save you time. For sure. That, that's That's what we spend all day thinking about is, is um, and, and you know, frankly, for for loyalty programs, um, we don't think that they are for everybody. We 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 do not advocate that every customer you have should be your loyal member, and it's some sort of like um, race to get everybody in the country. That's not necessarily true. We think that um, you there's a small segment of the population that is your core customers that connect with your brand, and you should treat them. Um, a little bit differently than you would an average customer. If I go to a hotel chain that I've gone to a dozen times, they should treat me a little bit differently than someone off the street. So it's mm-hmm. it's just win-win because um, you know as a consumer, I I can I can think less about you know comparing every hotel in the metro area, um, but also I get some value exchange because. It's that company saying, you are a valuable customer, and therefore, we're willing to give you um, essentially part of this deal in the form of, like, points or, like, kind of currency um, because, you know, you're valuable to us. So it's, it's a way to them to give back to their best customers. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jesse, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Merit and, and kind of your role there. Sure. So um, I have a pretty background. I, I have to admit that um, I'm probably the only chief data officer in the country that has an English degree. If you find another one, please please uh, <laughs> link me up and we can have a little powwow. But um, yeah, I actually started out as a sports writer. Um, I was an English major and I was really into sports and, and did sports writing for a few years. Um, that was right around the time that the, um, inter- or the, the internet was kind of crushing newspapers across the country. So it was not a great time to uh, be breaking into the newspaper industry. So um, that was the point that's like, well, look, this is not going to be a long-term job for me, but how can I do this? Uh, how can I keep my, my love of sports, but also kind of um, do something that's going to be a little bit more long-term career? So I went back to school, got my master's in econ, 
Um, and that's where I started in the baseball industry. So um, I was, I continued to write, um, uh, but I was really one of the, you know, I was in early on the sabermetrics movement, which is sort of uh, the Moneyball stuff. I don't know if you've seen Moneyball, uh, the movie uh-huh. or read the book, but that's right around that time that all that was, was getting, um, getting popular. So I was able to kind of merge those fields and, and use my newfound data skills with still my old school um, kind of writing skills. And that's, so I was, I, I had a cup of coffee with a few teams um, and then, you know, got jobs in digital media. I was, I was working in digital media for about 10 years and then found my way to Merit um, uh, about two or three years ago. So that I, I can kind of use both sides of my brain, which, which makes me a little bit of a weirdo in the, in the data world. Um, but I've used it to my advantage. And I think that um, that's been really helpful for me to be able to use, um, communicate complicated data, machine learning type stuff to our clients um, because I can still, you know, uh, speak and write um, with that English degree. So, so that's, that's kind of where I got there. I still, I still have a foot in the baseball world. I actually consult with a major league team, so I can still get my kicks uh, uh, in the sports world that way. Um, I'm sort of the office uh, fantasy baseball guru, so I get a lot of people asking me uh, fantasy baseball questions all the time. But yeah, I'm <laughs> able to keep a foot in the world um, and I found my way to merits, which, which scratches this other itch of behavioral science, which I'm clearly very passionate about. And so it's been, uh, it's been a dream. That's, that's fantastic. And, and such a unique story. Thank you for sharing that. It's always wonderful to see the journey of people and how they got to where they are. For sure. And I, I tell my analysts uh, on my team all the time that um, having an outside passion, like if, if, you know, so this is, this is a tip for all the junior data scientists out there. Um, you really have to have something other than work, other than your day job to be passionate about from a data perspective. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, it's politics or movies or video games or whatever. There's data out there about everything now. And if, if, if your data world ends at 5 o'clock each day when you go home, um, you're probably going to get left behind because there's so much innovation in the industry right now and so, um, if, you know, there's stuff literally weekly that's being, um, in, in terms of AI and machine learning, that's, good, that's um, being released and being talked about out there. So, from my perspective, when there's new stuff, by the first thing I use it on is baseball. So, if I hear about a new algorithm or a new technology, I'll just throw a baseball data set in there because I understand that uh, the best. And I can kind of say, oh, look, this is how it works. And then I can bring that into um, my day job and go, let's see how this would apply to, you know, consumer credit card data or whatever. But it usually starts with playing around in baseball. So I, I tell my analysts all the time that they have to have that side project that they can understand the innovations of the industry and then learn how to apply that to our, our actual nine to five. And it makes sense, too, just as humans to, to become well-rounded and yeah. contributing to the world around us, you know, to be, to be involved in, in other things or else you're not, you're not using your full self. For sure, for sure. So if a company is interested in utilizing merits and they need to start up a, a customer reward program, what are the steps they need to take to do that? And you know, what kind of data or what's the information they need coming in the door with you? Sure, so we, we are very transparent with our clients that you know, we're not gonna recommend like a loyalty program to everybody. Um, so in fact, that's, that's often not the right choice. So the, the better question would be, um, as a, as to, to understand what, what are you trying to do? So are you trying to attract new 
customers or, or again, new employees too. We, we talk about a lot about the customer stuff because, again, that's kind of more tangible. But I can tell you that um, a huge part of what we're seeing in the market right now is has to do with employees. So it's hard to keep people, and it's hard to get, it's hard to attract good talent to your business. So um, if that's your issue, then let's put together a program that will reward your employees the same way you would reward your customers for being loyal customers. Um, we can put together a program that makes your employment um, feel like that, where where you know you're getting that value exchange back. From your company and, and feeling like a valued employee the same way you'd feel like a valued customer at a hotel or, or an airline. So, um, and, and again, so that's, that's something that we often do too. So it's all about finding the right problem and then finding the right solution to fit that. So um, we're seeing a lot of stuff with employment and, and attracting the right people and retaining them too. Um, employment is very, unemployment is very low right now. So um, people are moving jobs to find better jobs all the time. So you really have to hang on to your good people. So uh, finding a, re- a retention play uh, with your employees is something we do all the time. So it's, it's, it's all about finding the right thing, and then we will help match that solution. Um, frankly, we've seen that our stuff has better ROI than anything I've ever been involved with. So you know, I used to work in digital media for a long time. I've, I've done traditional media, you know, both in the newspaper industry and otherwise. Um, media is great and advertising is great and it works, but it's also sort of at a saturation point where, um, you know, it's, it's more expensive than it used to be. And it's sort of, um, it's kind of a base level thing. This is a little bit different than that. This is a world that not as many people are in and there's not as much competition in it. So if you can have a, a, a rewards program and your competitor doesn't, that's a huge advantage where it's going to be pretty rare for you to say, we've got, an ad, we've got advertising and our competitor doesn't. Like, that's rare. Everyone has advertising. But if you can actually bring something to the table that will, like, connect with people and, and give them, you know, that value exchange back, make them feel um, connected to the brand, that's going to go above and beyond, like, even the best ad from my experience. And we've certainly seen that in the ROIs that we calculate for our clients. I mean, that makes, that makes sense to me. Absolutely. Where's the best way for people if they're, you know, the company is interested in, in employing merits and they want to get started? What's the best way to get in touch? Sure. I'm, I'm happy to give out my email. So my, my, my email is jesse, J-E-S-S-E dot Wolfersberger, W-O-L-F-E-R-S-B-E-R-G-E-R at merits.com. Alternatively, um, we've got a, a great social media presence um, and, I, and our website is meritsmotivates.com. So um, happy to merismotivation.com and uh, happy to connect on any of those. And we would love to, uh, to help you guys help, help clients out there uh, do good work. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the program today and, and giving us real insight into the personalization of this industry. And, you know, a lot of times people might feel as if companies, Oh, they have to do this or they're doing this, you know, for X, but it, it really feels like it's, it's building a community. It's building relationships, and it's very genuine. That's the way we look at it. So, and and you know, I, I think that something like AI is going to make this even easier because things like AI can kind of scale personalization. So, not only can we uh, offer a, a loyal employee or a loyal uh, customer, um, you know, points back, but we can actually do recommendations and and do things that make them feel like, ah, they, they get me. Like, this, this is a brand that gets me. 
they value me. And that, that means a lot more than any kind of financial transaction. It's like this brand understands me. So that's our whole goal is to strengthen connections uh, between you know companies and employees and customers. Absolutely. Well, Jesse, thank you again for joining us on Future Tech Podcast. And we hope to have you back on at some point and, and get to know even more about this amazing industry. Thank you so much. That was Jesse Wolfersberger. He is the Chief Data Officer at Merit Motivation Solutions. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.